We are just over a week away from early voting starting in South Carolina. And if you think that your vote actually matters, well, the Senate is coming back this week to address pro-life legislation. I hope that your senator voted the right way. Tulsi Gabbard sends shockwaves across the political realm as she leaves the Democratic Party, all while saying the things that Republicans have been too scared to say for the better part of the last decade. And Joe Biden wants you to know when we're in a recession, you'll know it. All that to come today on the podcast. Welcome into the Friday edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall, Dave Wilson here with you on a Friday. Friday. Glad Yay. to be here. End of the week. We are just over one week away from early voting beginning in South Carolina. And this is just a reminder to you, we're gonna we're gonna touch and go on this because we spent a lot of time on it last time. The Senate is returning on Tuesday, October the 18th to um Make discuss? a decision that how they're going to, they are going to be taking back, the, 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 the House took the pro-life bill that was passed through the House, House Bill 5399, the Human Life Protection Act. They passed their version, the Senate got their version, has got it, they, they changed it, sent it back over to the House, the House said, nah, we like our version, and sent it back over. So the little tennis match that's going back and forth, back and forth, is now flying back over the net, and will be landing in the Senate on Tuesday. The question being, what are senators going to do? There are two major directions that they can go. They can either vote to recede, which basically says, we'll take the House version of the bill. Sure, that's fine. They do that. It then immediately goes to Governor McMaster's desk where he can sign it. Or they're going to turn around and say, no, we don't want your version of the bill. They'll see the conference committee. Now, some some changes from when we spoke about this last. There are some folks who are saying now over in the Senate that if there's a reasonable compromise that they think that they can overcome the filibuster. Keep in mind, the last version, the last vote that was on this bill in the Senate was a 24 to 20 vote, which was not enough to overcome the filibuster that was coming through. So in that particular case, they gave a watered down version of the bill, which basically fixed heartbeat language, defunded uh, PIBA, which is your state employment uh, insurance, as well from as covering, from, from, covering covering, abortion. from covering abortion and from any other dollars that were flowing to Planned Parenthood through the state budget, permanently adding that, I'm losing my pen here, losing my mind sometimes That's too. That's true. <laughs> but that, that, that is what will take place with the Senate version of the bill. So if they, if they choose not to agree to the House version, then it will go to a conference committee where they're going to have to take a look at both bills and decide what they want to keep from each. They can't really change language. They can just decide what they're going to keep. And then that becomes the final version of the bill. You've got an interesting connection of people that could possibly be on different committees. And as we see who finally gets chosen for a committee, if they don't vote to recede, then it will give us a really good idea of the type of bill we should be expecting to come out of that conference committee, but we'll know better that on Wednesday. And and we already know in the House they have already uh, appointed conferees should it come to that. We know that Representative John McCravey, Representative Tommy Pope, and Representative Spencer Wetmore will be the House 
conferees right. on a conference committee should it take place. We'll find out who the Senates are whenever they come to uh, a decision there. One thing you want to make sure of, as Dave mentioned off the top, is you want to make sure that your vote matters and that your voice counts in this process. This is my friendly reminder to you that five out of six of you did not vote in the primary. Probably not you. You're well Probably informed. not you. You're plugged in. You voted. But there are five out of every six South Carolinians, this is math, did not vote, and I'm not good at it, especially fractions, did not vote in the primary in June. Now We did now, the math for him, just so you know. Yeah. Journalism major. There you go. Uh, so five out of six didn't vote, which means one out of six vote. Look at that. Yeah. One out of six people voted. Um, he can do that. One one yeah. out of every six South Carolinians determined, for, for, for our intents and purposes, as they continue to clear leaves out of the sidewalk behind me, in the Republican primary, let's just look at it this way, one out of every six voters determined who would be the nominee, and uh, sorry, if sorry, Joe, uh, who would be the governor? Right. Um, so... In that process, I do want to remind you that in 2020, we did have a census. We did. A, a recounting. This is this is a, a, a one thing that we actually hold to that's still a biblical standard in terms of numbering the people. Exactly. And uh, it's like and, and it's within our constitution. It is. And so Imagine we had that. we had a we had a recount a count or recount. A counting of the people. We probably need a recount in we certain states. Probably need a recount in certain states. But it was determined that South Carolina's population uh, centers had shifted a bit. So it's possible that if you didn't vote in the primary, you don't even realize that you might not be in the same House district. You might not be in the same Senate district. I will give you an example that hits close to home for me. I live in the small town. Actually, I'm not going to tell you. I live in a small town in Lexington County because I have people on here who probably don't like me. Uh and in that small town, we have always been District 88. Always. I grew up knowing that my representative was Mac Tool. Right. I knew that. I was driving home the other day, and as I'm driving home, I see signs for Russell Ott. I went, that's odd. He's District 93. Which is not really that far away, but was over in Orangeburg County. And parts of Lexington. And parts of Lexington. But like down around the Sandy Run area. Uh... Not the, anymore. Not anymore. It is moved. And so, come to find out, the the line splits the town in half. So there are half of the people in, in, in my mm. small town that now see, that voted in the primary, but they may have voted in the Republican primary, and so right. Russell Ott's name was not on their ballot. So what I'm encouraging you to do is to go to scvotes.org. Make sure you know what Senate district and what House district you're in. Because the last thing you want to do is to show up to the polls on November 8th, or if you're voting early, to see your ballot and go, whoa, whoa, I don't know who these people are that I'm supposed to vote for. Ultimately, I don't care who you vote for. I would prefer you to be an intellectual and intelligent voter right. and know who's on your ballot. Not an ignorant voter who just doesn't know. And that's a really important thing for you to know and understand. And I'll give you another example. In, in my family, we actually checked the voter registration for one of my sons, and he's no longer shown as registered to vote. So you need to do the homework. Go to scvotes.org. It's also available at scvotes.gov. They all go to the same place. You can go there, and under voters, you can go on the drop-down list, and you can check your voter registration or see your sample ballot. And if you do that, 
you can actually take the time before you step into the ballot, the, the voting booth, you can actually look over your individual ballot. Yeah. Which may be different in, in, in all reality in the area that I live in, Lexington. I live in a little bit bigger of a town than you do. So in my area of Lexington. Live in the actual town of Lexington. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little bit bigger. Uh, but if you look, I'm in one Senate district. My neighbors across one street are in a different Senate district. My neighbors across the other street are in a different Senate district because He's in three, a weird spot. I'm in a weird little spot with a lot of population. And so there was some movement of lines. That means that in my area, in just a one-mile radius of my home, mm -hmm. you have senators from Katrina Sheely to Shane Massey to Billy Garrett. Now, we're not voting for senators this time. We are voting for House members, but House district lines have moved. Yep. But when my son went to go check for his ballot, he was shown as he's not a registered voter, though he has a voter registration card. So you do need to take the time to check. Get your neighbors to do the same thing. Call your family. Share this podcast with them. There are Facebook pages, obviously, for all different towns about things going on. Make sure you share this video in those. Right. So that your neighbors and, 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 and your friends can know what's going on because you want to make sure that you see all these things. For example, in Lexington County, I'm, I mean, I'm not spoiling anything here. There's a referendum on the ballot for a possible tax increase in Lexington it, County. It is a one cent you, sales tax. And if you don't know what the language is, you need to actually read that beforehand because typically once you get to the referendums, you're ready to get done and get your little sticker and go home. Uh, so you need to know what's on your ballot as Dave is now searching right. his ballot. I'm actually pulling, because I, I, there's, there's another item. I am not a robot, though it will ask me if I am a robot, and I have to prove that I'm not a robot, this time by actually clicking on pictures of bridges. Sometimes it's palm trees, sometimes it's But the bridge sometimes goes into the it's one really area. Gosh, you're that like, where is this thing? But you can actually go on here, you can view, it will tell you exactly where your voting precinct is, where the exact location is. It will give you, for some of you, last time around, during the primary, some precincts were merged together. That mm -hmm. is not likely to happen during a general election, okay? Right. Your voting precinct address is going to be listed on here. It'll actually give you driving directions to your driving to to your precinct. That's real important. But it will also allow you to view your sample ballot. In viewing your sample ballot, you can click the button and it says view my statewide general election ballot and it will pull the ballot up for you. It's a sample ballot, but it allows you to go through and you can see. I didn't even know that there was a libertarian running it for government. Yes, I did. Yeah. We knew Bruce, Bruce Reeves and Jessica Etheridge is running Good as luck. libertarians against Henry McMaster and Pamela Evett and Joe Cunningham. They're not, they're not, running, they're not running against Joe. They're, they're not, they're not running against they're Cunningham just, and Casey. They're, they're just running just against, running against Henry. Okay. It doesn't even matter. Just want to make sure. Okay. Uh, but you can vote down in view. But there are. Just so you are aware, there are, three. There are two oh, yeah, statewide two constitutional amendments. We'll go into depth on these a little bit more and explain the whys behind them in a separate podcast. But you do need to take the time to be familiar with your ballot. Yep. Get your neighbors to do the same thing. Get your folks at church to do the same thing. You need to read the ballot. You need to understand what's on it and who you're going to be voting for. You are a grass tops leader in your community. If you're watching this podcast, you're one of those people, I can almost guarantee you that somebody picks up the phone and says, hey, Justin, um, uh, I got to go to vote. Who should I be voting for? 
Yeah. I've heard you that probably before. get that because you are an informed person. And because of that, you need to help them know where they need to go. So we'll provide a link in the show description, uh, sevotes.gov. We'll put it out on social media as well. You need to be a part of this because who you vote for matters in the things that go on, like whether or not there are going to be enough votes to pass simple pro-life legislation in the state of South Carolina that will protect unborn lives in our state. And so we move from the local and the state to the federal government and specifically the national politic as a whole. Tulsi Gabbard, former representative from Hawaii, former presidential candidate. You remember her takedown of Kamala. She single-handedly ended she Kamala's see, run for the White House. In, she did into the Kamala Kamala. Until, Joe, yeah. until the racist, sexist Joe Biden decided that he wanted to make her his vice we presidential We did it. Nominee. We did it. We did it, Joe. Okay, we did it. We did it, Joe. Okay. Uh, they're doing a lot more. We'll get to that a little bit later. But Tulsi Gabbard is starting a new podcast uh, called The Tulsi Gabbard Show. There you go. And her first episode, she dropped a bombshell. Now, she's always been an independent type of Democrat. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, Hillary Clinton called her a Russian asset. Well, I would go so far as to say this. Having listened to various interviews with Tulsi Gabbard over the last probably year, year and a half, um, and and being familiar with how she has been talking about and doing certain things, the way that she says things, uh, it it is very much what, what would be considered the old school, true, uh, classical liberal Democrat, not the nouveau, I want to be the elitist Democrat, which she was blatantly obvious, her disdain for the the Democratic Party of 2022. The modern day Democratic Party, from her standpoint, has gone totally woke, totally off the rails. And she honestly is saying things more... Um, that you probably agree with, she's got more more gutsiness, I would say, than a lot of the folks that we're electing on key conservative American issues. And so here is one minute from her podcast where she explains her bombshell decision to leave the Democratic Party. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our constitution, and who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police, who protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, these are some of the main reasons I'm leaving the Democratic Party, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about them here with you today, but these are really important issues. And in the coming weeks, I hope you'll join me because I'm going to be going into each and every one of these in more depth. The... Yeah, yes. Can Go I ahead. clap on that one? Because, I mean, my the, word. The Democrat, in case you missed that, <laughs> the <laughs> Democratic Party, and you know what? I'm quoting her here, but sign me up for this uh, belief. 
The Democratic Party is run by an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness that seek to divide us by racializing every issue while stoking anti-white racism. They actively work to undermine our God-given constitutional rights. They're hostile to people of faith and spirituality. They demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of the public safety of our, of our citizenry. They believe in open borders. They weaponize the national security state to go after political rivals, and they're dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Wow. Now, she was considered like a... Uh, she was a rising star up-and-comer of the Democratic Party a few watched, years ago. Yeah, 2012. She was, yep. she, in 2012, she was like the the vice Fresh, chair. Yeah, but she was... she. You know, remember, they defined Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Sandy. They defined oh, yes, her, Sandy. They, they defined Sandy her, Cortez. Sandy Cortez. Yes. Uh, they defined her as a fresh face. So fresh. So face. <laughs> you mean Tulsi, the former, the, the bartender with a fresh face? Yes. Okay. Tulsi Gabbard was yes. that fresh face in 2012. But now she's no longer... Well, she went from fresh face to I would vote for her in a heartbeat to 2019. It was like, why would... You? Well, in 2016, she met with President-elect Trump to... to to discuss national security issues, right? Because she is well, that blackballed that blackballed her right there. Because right. again, the the nuclear effect of Donald Trump on any person, no pun intended, no, is is damning in the world of Washington politics. It is he he was just he was considered. If you went and had a conversation with him, or you went and met with him, and you came back with anything other than negative vitriol, then yeah, you were was, a problem and he you was a leper. to go away. He was a leper. Right, exactly. And so in 2019, she declares the run for president. You probably saw Tulsi Gabbard billboards around you South did, Carolina. Right at Lexington Medical Center. Right, and, and there were several places where she started to make a name for herself. And I'm, I'm like, who's this congresswoman out of Hawaii? Hawaii. The most liberal state. Yeah, right. and and keep in mind, our, to our colleagues at uh, the Hawaii Family Council, we understand because we've had these conversations. You can't get a lot of stuff done on pro-life, pro-family issues. The very verbiage that Tulsi Gabbard is speaking from, the very heart of where she was talking just a moment ago, in a in a state like Hawaii, very often, and yet here she is pushing forward on. I don't want to say America first because that gets you know that's 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 got a that's got a got tag a, to it's it. got a tag to it now. But you are probably one of those people if you went back and you listened to what she said again, you're going, yeah, that's what we've been saying all along. Yeah, and now we determine is she running for president in 2024? We don't know. I think she'd make a very quality vice presidential candidate for for a, for a Republican. Yeah, I think I think you certainly see a middle of the road. Person. Now, again, I'm not totally with her on her stance on abortion. She did uh, crap legislation back in 2019 okay. that uh, proposed criminal prosecution to doctors who perform abortions at 20 weeks and after. So that's where kind of her benchmark is. Right. I would like to see her, obviously... Uh, move and, a little bit more she's in got, direction. She's got that. a little bit more of a economic socialist bent. Sure. So she is still she, she is still considered a liberal, right? So, 
it's not like we're all sitting here going, oh, Tulsi, 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 you know. But there are redeeming qualities that make it conceivable that she could balance a ticket. Right. And this is, you could see a return to some level of moderation. Right. And and it would be pulling people back to a middle because you know, yes. we, we heard this conversation. We've had this conversation both off the air, but we've also heard it. I was in a conversation with somebody uh, down in Beaufort. I was at a, the missions conference at uh, church down in Beaufort at Bible um, Community, Bible, Community Church. Bible Church uh, in Beaufort this week and was talking with someone from another country talking about the, the political polarization that's happening. And it's not only happening in America, we're seeing it happening in, in other places all across the world mm-hmm. where you've got people hitting on the extremes and we end up beating each other up out here and not coming together in the middle because we think that if you come to the middle, then you're you're giving up, you're compromising, you're making yourself less valuable because you're not staying out here on the extreme. Speaking of making things less valuable. Your dollar? Joe Biden appeared on CNN, cable news network. Do they have viewers? Well, Jake Tapper does. Jake, okay, so Jake Tapper is a, is a good journalist. Yeah. He does a good job of picking the president's paper up off the floor. I did see that in, an inter- in part of the interview. Country. Um, it was I, also, I, I will make it was it also note, his talking points I will notes. make it a note that, that, that 45 <laughs> and 44 and even 43 never really had a piece of paper they brought into interviews. They were kind of able to recall their positions and, and the issues at hand off the top of their head because, well, they were the president of the United States and everything was considered top of mind. I will say when you take a break to watch Matlock and eat some applesauce, sometimes things can get a little jammed. Joe Biden was on CNN. Jake Tapper asked him, should the American people prepare for a recession? I'll come back to that question, but here's what the president had to tell you, the American people, about preparing for a recession. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how every, every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't. There, there, has, there is no... There's no guarantee that there's going to be a recession. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. We'll, look, think about what's happened. We have done more. We're in a better position than any other major country in the world, economically and politically. Uh, um, and again, while we hear the crazy what seems to be like leaf blower coming out of the president's mouth. <laughs> we um, do have one. We do have outside one out here. So, so pardon you may that. Be, you may be having one. You may be blowing the leaves right now as you're listening to the podcast um, on a Saturday afternoon. I... There's First way all, too okay. There's way too much air blowing around. You said in so many you places. said that Jake yes. Tapper was a good journalist. A good journalist would not then ask, "Should the American people prepare for a recession?" The definition True. of a recession. Would you give us that, please? A period of temporary economic decline during which trade and industrial activity are reduced, generally identified by a fall in GDP, gross domestic product, right, in two successive quarters. Dave. The Bureau of Economic uh, Advisors, the BEA, B, like B author, like Maud. Maud? Yeah. Well, Maud turned around and told us, the BEA did say the gross domestic products, their third quarter estimates came back um, 
they're sorry, the second quarter estimates came back. They, they do a revision of these as they go along. This is the third estimate of the second quarter. Okay, so real gross domestic product decreased at an annual rate of 0.6% in the second quarter of 2022, following a decrease of 1.6% in the first quarter. So, so we're in a recession. No, we're not in a recession, Justin. We're in a, we're in a, it, it's, it's like only like an, we're only in like an inch. What does or that a mean? a half a centimeter. We're, we're not. What does a, that mean? You don't need to be worried about a recession right yes, now. Yes, I do. No, the president said you do not need to be worried about being in a recession. Um, but, he also posted on his Facebook because this Because you know Joe in his Facebook all the time. <clears throat> Yes. This morning, I met with my National Economic Council Director, B. DeBodabu, to receive a briefing on the economic thing of We still have a lot of work to do, but we're in a strong position to navigate through this economic transition, blah dee blah, blah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read it to you as a normal human being now. Okay. This I'm, morning, I met with my wait, national... Wait, that would be, Are these Biden pronouns? Yes. This morning, I met with my National Economic Council director to receive a briefing on the economy. We still have a lot of work to do, but we're in a strong position to navigate through, he didn't say a recession. What is it? Through this economic transition, such as the Tootsie Pop commercials from the 70s and 80s. The world may never know the difference between a recession and an economic transition. (laughs) In order... I'm just going to say this, in order to have, um, I'm just going to pull a term out of the air. In order to have a great reset of the economy, it would need to crash and burn. I do believe, and and some people in the economic observation sphere are saying that we are not in the death spiral yet, but we are entering it now. Okay, so here's the question. The question, can you pull out of it? Here's the question. Yes. Hurricane Ian is bearing down on Florida. Yes. This do was you wait hi- until the hurricane hits Florida to board up your home and leave, or do you do it before the hurricane hits? I would typically... You see it's coming. I would typically be prepared and get myself out of the way. You have the forecast. Because if you live on Sanibel Island, you may not be getting off the island for quite a while, nor getting stuff onto the island because the hurricane comes through and blows out part of the causeway. So th- this is the overall, I'm going to give you the numbers here because this isn't just conjecture and I want to make sure you understand I'm not piling on the president because I dislike him. If the president were to walk in the room right now, I would honor and venerate him in the position that he is in. He is the president of the United States. But I do expect the president of the United States to at least be forthright and honest with me about what I can see in front of my own face. You mean you want him to tell the truth? Sure, I okay. guess. The core consumer price index... Okay. Year over year has increased 8.2% overall. The core is at 6.6. Gas is up 18.2%. Fuel oil is up 58.1%. Electricity up 15.5%. Groceries 13%. All of this is plus. None of it's negative. Meat, poultry, fish 7.7%. Milk 15.2%, eggs, 30.5%, baby food, if you can find it, 11.8%, airline fares, 42.9%. The real average 
hourly earnings, negative 3%. The federal government and the economic policies put forward by this administration have literally cost you money. So you make less than it takes to put food on the table. That's true. You're you're noticing it at the grocery store. I went to the grocery store yesterday with the boys, had to pick up a few items, nothing big, but you turn around and the bill was 150 bucks for three bags of items. You talked about this the other week. If you go for if you go to put together one meal, you have to go you realize, oh man, I plan to do this dinner and I don't have this, this, and this. For one meal, y'all, it cost me fifty bucks. I'd be better off just running to McDonald's and grabbing two Big Macs. That's true. I'd pay less. This is true. So this goes back food to poisoning, where, but I pay less. Well, this goes back to where Forbes Forbes advisor basically came out with a, a statement about this. It, it, they say, according to the general definition, two consecutive quarters of negative gross domestic product, the, the U.S. entered a recession. That's the general definition. The gen, so based upon the general definition, oh. the U.S. entered a recession in the summer of 2022. In the second quarter of the year. Wait, the summer of 2022? The summer of 20, We're it's now October. in the fall. We're in the fall. The fair's going on. I'm in the fall. <gasps> fair food time. Sorry, probably butterflies. Cheaper, probably cheaper. Probably yeah, cheaper probably is cheaper. Fair food. This is true. But, and here's, here's where they're trying to play the nuance game with this one, okay? The organization that defines U.S. business cycles, the National Bureau of Economic Research takes a very different view. According to the Enber's definition of recession, that's the National Bureau of Economic Research, a significant decline in economic activity that is the spread across the economy and lasts more than a few months is their definition of recession. They say we're not in a recession in the summer of 2022. Their chief investment officer, or the chief investment officer at Orion Advisor Solutions said, we have a hard time believing the economy is in recession today, given a strong labor market and corporate earnings growth. We also remind ourselves that recessions are uncommon. Our economy was in recession just 8% of the time over the last 30 years. Now, I, I want to mathematically look at this. 10% of time over 30 years is three years, okay? So if I don't know where this guy was in 2008, 2009, 2010, when we were in the depths of that the, the housing bubble burst. The great recession. The, the recession that took place. So we've got to start asking ourselves this question. How do you feel at home with your grocery bill? How about your gas bill? You know, they're saying right now that the cost to heat your home over the winter is going to go up by 20 to 28% over this this coming winter season. Now, the White House blames that on the Putin war. The, this is Putin, Putin's fault for, for the fact that prices are so high. Not having anything to do with the fact that we don't have domestic oil drilling or domestic fossil fuels or the fact that we're sending our natural gas over to Europe to be able to support them and I'm not so, us. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so tired of every time they open their face holes hearing about Putin's war. Putin wouldn't have invaded if you wouldn't have called it it's a minor incursion, who cares? I think this is the place where they, it, it really kind of gets under my skin when you have such a degradation of language. I mean, we joke about it when we talk about pronouns and things like that, but words do not have meaning, it feels like, at this White House. 
Oh, words do have meanings, but, but only they, the meaning they want them they, to have. But that, but it's not a common meaning. That's the thing about it. You know, there are different people in different faiths who who can say the same thing. They can say Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. But if your definition of Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit is different than what something is in the Bible, then it's not, not the Christian. same thing. True. And so when you say it's we're not entering recession. But economists are saying a recession is two negative quarters of gross domestic product growth, which we've now had two quarters, two consecutive quarters of loss. We got a problem. It it just I really just want to make sure that we understand why we're talking about this. One, it matters to you at home. I feel the pinch. Yeah. You feel the pinch. We all feel the pinch. It's just a it, it it's just a at the end of the day, we have to understand that language matters. I say this quite frequently. Language matters. Things need to be put forward as truth. And what I hope we see is a move to economic policies that try to put more money back in Americans' pockets instead of passing an Inflation Reduction Act that will address climate change. A million, seventy billion dollar boobity boobity blue, and then 87,000 new IRS agents. But again, it's neither here nor there. Next week, we have a very busy week ahead. Obviously, the Senate returns on Tuesday, October the 18th. Be prepared. We're going to be all up in your inbox, all up in your podcast feeds, talking about what happens next week inside the South Carolina State House. Does the Senate recede, and does the bill go to the governor's desk? Are we headed for a conference committee? We'll break all of that down next week here on the podcast. And will we, will we actually see pro-life legislation passed this year? This goes back to talking about the fact that your vote matters. Who you put into office matters. Where they stand on issues matters. You listen to this podcast because you want to know what the issues are, why they matter, what the Bible says about them, and what you can do about it. And the most important thing that you can do about it is two things. One, pray. Ask God to be at work in the hearts and lives and minds of the elected officials that we have. Speak truth into their world. Second of all, show up to vote. Five out of six registered voters in South Carolina did not show up for the primary election. Think about that. Imagine if when you go to church on Sunday that five out of six people sitting around you don't show up. You'd be kind of concerned then. You should be really concerned when our quote-unquote, democratic involvement in the republic that is America is not being exercised appropriately, it has an impact. We are a republic. We're a constitutional republic. Democracy, I don't know, is really ever mentioned in the Constitution. That's not here nor there. But it is a republic if you can keep it. it. So there's plenty of things to get to. Well, also, I'm sure there's going to be some big news coming out of Pride Weekend here in South Carolina. I hear there there's some special guests that might be arriving. We'll talk about that next week as well. Along with the Biden White House's push to have more diversity, equity, inclusion training in the federal government. And and we got to talk about the National Senate races going on both in Georgia and in Pennsylvania because I believe those are going to have a big effect on what we see in the Senate. With the federal woman? I'm not going there. Fetterman. There we uh, go. For Kevin Caiello, Mitch Prosser. I set him up for that. I'm sorry. And Dave Wilson. I'm Justin Hall. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next week right here on the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast.